to the audio event of the century, featuring two lifelong best friends. We love the Leafs. We love each other. But most of all, we love William Nylander. Welcome to the Buds All Day. Hello and welcome to the Buds All Day post-game reaction podcast. I'm Sats Mundine here with Lebda's Legacy. How's it going, everyone? And we are just thrilled that we get to spend some time talking about another Toronto Maple Leafs playoff win. Lebda, how you feeling, buddy? Oh, dude, like there's nothing to say other than absolutely buzzing like a bumblebee right now. I mean, what a win. Again, you know, this game was like really big for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Go up 3-1 in the series. To Montreal, you go back home with a chance to end the series against these disgusting, disgusting opponents that we're playing right now. And, man, they got the job done. And, boy, oh, boy, did they absolutely just kick the absolute tar off of Montreal. They beat the bricks off them tonight, man. And and you make a good point. This was a vital, vital game for the Maple Leafs. 3-1 is infinitely different than 2-2. If you go back 2-2, all of a sudden the Habs just need – need to get a couple lucky bounces and have Carey Price stand on his head for two nights, whereas now they're going to beat a team that has dominated them for 13 games this year. they got to beat them three times in a row. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty good about our chances going forward. Yeah, like at this point, my, you know, stress levels have gone down. Obviously by, you know, game five, I'll, I'll be back up and ramped up, just excited to see them hopefully close this one out. But that 3-1 lead, like, I think um, Bunny Puck has their chances at making the next round at, like, 96%. Like, obviously things could, you know, maybe go a little bit south. But that 3-1 lead just pretty much, pretty much, you know, seals the deal, wraps things up. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see that a team who for so often has been criticized, you lack a killer instinct, you you know, you all go and choke in the playoffs. You know, they, they found a little bit of it there. I think that veteran, you know, presence helps that a little bit. But, you know, they seem to, uh, they seem to have that little bit of, uh, a little bit of feistiness in them to, uh, you know, get this series done and over with in a hurry. And I think they, they kind of took a little bit of a learning lesson from last game. Last game, you know, they got that lead. They either the Mon- Montreal started playing really good or they kind of started sitting back a little bit more. But tonight they got that first goal. They kept pressing. They got the second goal. They didn't stop there. They got the third goal. They kept on pounding. And did Montreal control the possession a bit in the third period by the metrics? Sure, but were were you ever scared at any point? No, not really. And you look at the you look at the stats of the game, the deserve to win o meter tonight, seventy two percent for the Leafs. The high danger chances, fifty two percent, expected goals fifty five percent. When you're putting up those numbers and you got a guy like Jack Campbell behind you, it's gonna be pretty tough to lose. Yeah, I mean, the way Jack Campbell's playing right now, it's almost impossible for this Leafs team to lose. I know Montreal is not a great goal-scoring team. And, um, like, tonight the Leafs definitely kept everything to the outside. Like, there wasn't a lot of high-danger chances for Jack Campbell to, you know, really have to stretch out and make a save. There's one or two, but every time a shot comes in at Jack Campbell, he's just there waiting for it. He's in great position. He's calm in the net. He's not moving around a lot. There's not rebounds. And if there is a rebound, it's like falling right in front of him. Boom, glove on it, plays done and over with. Like, he's just such a calming influence back there. And that's something the Leafs have not had, you know, kind of in their playoff tenure up until this year. And it's so nice to see him just come in confident, calm, and absolutely getting the job done for the boys. 
and he does a good job of of playing well after having a long break. Like you like there'll be stretches where Montreal can't get a shot for 5 minutes and they come back and then the next shot is a rush chance. He's usually there for that big save. There were very very few times tonight when I said, "Oh, like what a good save. Oh my goodness," or anything like that, but just solid. Just everything, you know, he's keeping it either he's he's directing it far away from the net or he's keeping it right to himself with the rebounds. He's doing a great job of controlling everything. He looks so composed and Sportsnet showed. I didn't catch this after the first game, but I think he's a lot more confident. I think maybe the Leafs psychologists or, or the coaches, they kind of had a talk with him after earlier in the year when he was ripping on himself a little too much. They asked him about the uh, the Josh Anderson goal after game one, and he said, I thought I played it well. He's like, I, I did everything I could. It just went in. Mm-hmm. So I think we're seeing just a very, very confident version of Jack Campbell, and it is absolutely showing. He had a 951 save percentage coming into this one. I don't know what it's at, but he got a shutout, so it went up. Yeah, I think it's in the 960s now. I think I just caught that post game. I don't want to give a specific, but it's in the 960s now. And I mean, if you're getting that level of goaltending, no team's going to beat the Leafs. Uh, obviously, 960 goaltending is not a normal for NHL goalies, but hey, he's been fantastic in this series. And there's nothing going forward that really makes me think that all of a sudden he's going to, you know, turn into a pumpkin in the next series. So I'd, I, and it couldn't happen to a, you know, a better guy in like, it's clear that the teammates love him. You hear him in the media, and he's always, you know, very thankful, very kind. And it, it's just nice to see someone who, you know, seems to be such a good guy, you know, get results when it has been a little bit of a long time coming for him. Yeah, and and to that nice guy point, I watched this interview tonight again, and they asked him, like, what does it feel like to be out-dueling Carey Price? And he's <laughs> He's like, the price is wrong, bitch. Well, you know, I wouldn't say I'm out dueling him. He's he's playing well. We're both just doing our things for the team. And then he kind of had to, like, go into why the Leafs defense is so good. But while doing so, he complimented, yeah, they did a good job of stopping the rush because Montreal is so dangerous on there. He, like, he complimented every facet of all the teams that he's playing. And that's just – that's Campbell to a T. He is – it's funny to think that coming into this series – we weren't even really questioning whether Fred would start game four. It almost seemed like a certainty unless unless we were down 2-1 and Campbell was playing good or something. But he has just played so good that any question of leaving him out of a game is is non-existent because he needs to play for us. He is he's excellent. Yeah, especially like a lot of a lot of times goalies on a back to back, it's known that their play dips a little bit. For him to come out on back-to-back, again, we've said it, you know, a couple times tonight. He, he didn't have the craziest workload, but he didn't let a goal in tonight, man. Like, straight up, Jack Campbell just had a shutout on a back-to-back in a playoff game versus the Montreal Canadiens. Like, there's no more pressure on a goaltender, no more really difficult circumstances. I know the Habs aren't the best team, but, like, he, he came over it, overcomes that hurdle, and boom, here we go. Like, the <laughs> John Tavares injury really, you know, brought a dampener on this team and starts making you question things. Team responded well and Jock Campbell responded well. And like at this rate, if everything kind of stays similar to how it is, like especially goaltending and defensively, this Leafs team's not an easy out, even even if you are, you know, some of the elite teams in the NHL. Well, and they're especially not an easy out when you got this version of William Nylander. Now you and I are are as big a Willie fans as there is and – He's even he's even blowing past my expectations. He, he's on a line with Kerfoot and Galchenyuk, and they are they have been excellent. And it's just Willie is just a machine right now, an unstoppable force with some beautiful, beautiful hair to boot. Like 
I mean, look at look at the goal that line scored tonight. All all three of them just they look like they're playing so well together. We we definitely didn't have nice things to say about Alex Galchenyuk the other night, and I mean that was warranted. Comes out tonight, you know, slams that to the ground with a great play. Um, Alex Kerfoot again, very impressive, you know, skating that puck into the zone on that first goal. Alex Kilchenyuk following him. There maybe was a little bit of question if it was offside. I was a little bit worried, like seeing it live, but it wasn't a challenge or anything. And then the puck goes to Galchenyuk. And I mean, the guy's a third overall pick. So, you know, there's some skill in there and just a little beautiful behind the back pass. Nylander finishes it perfectly. And I mean, like nothing better than a William Nylander goal, to be honest, just nothing better. And man, are we getting a steady, steady dose of them. Just one goal a game. Just pencil him in. He's, he's basically Austin Matthews of the regular season. And yeah, like, like you said about Galchenyuk, it's like he listened to the, to the episode of the Buds All Day podcast last night where we said we would replace, we would take him out if we were putting Felino back in. And man, did he make that sound extremely stupid. That aged like, I don't know, like, like milk on the counter for a week. It, it was just. Not not our finest take, and we are more than happy to eat the loss on that one. Like tonight, the expected goals of that line, they were they were at fifty three percent, and then you just see like that that is why they have Alex Galchenyuk in the lineup is when when you're missing a player like John Tavares who has such important offensive skills for this team. Maybe you can't always be concerned with just possessive possession metrics, or maybe you have to bite the bullet on a little bit poorer defense from from Galchenyuk to just say, hey, Willie needs somebody who can finish the plays that he starts or start those plays for him. And we saw on that first goal, like that, through the legs, back, like backwards pass to Willie, that, that is a play that not many players in the NHL can make. And when you have players with that much skill like Alex Galchenyuk highlighting it on that first goal and then again highlighting, you know, just a little bit of a different element on it, the second goal where he just lays that just silky smooth saucer pass to Spezza, like boom, falls right on his tape. All Spezza has to do is basically redirect the puck into the net. And, you know, that was, oh, I still can't get over how nice that saucer pass was by Galchenyuk to set up Spezza there. Whew. I know, man. I was, oh, I was in love with that pass. That like just, just a picture perfect pass and a great play by Jake Muzzin to set that up too. Like, just a simple little breakout pass, but he got he got Galchenyuk that opening to start it up and just a really, really good play. And the third member of that line, we've talked about Willie, we've talked about Galley. You got to give some credit to Alex Kerfoot because he was amazing again tonight. You know, the the 2002 Alan McCauley vibes are, are deep with this one. And he's just that, he's just stepping up in such a huge way with the loss of Tavares and Honestly, it's been, it's been critical to the way that he's performed and he had a great setup to, uh, to set up Joe Thornton for the, uh, for the third goal. Yeah. I think a really under kind of rated part of that play was the Alex Kerfoot kind of, you know, he gets the puck from Thornton and then he does work it down to Spezza who gets it down low. Obviously Thornton and Spezza are, you know, the highlights on that play with the pass and the finish. But again, it's, it's those little things that. Alex Kerfoot, you know, has in his locker that he can do that he hasn't really shown all year, but have, you know, started to come out like a lot more frequently in the playoffs here that, you know, just being a smart hockey player, being there, being in good positions, making good passes, and it, it leads to goals. And it, and it did again tonight. Yeah. And usually in a, you know, if you're going to make a deep playoff run, you're going to kind of need some unsung heroes to step up. And, and he is number one on that list for me because every game he's just, not only is he coming up with these skill plays, but He's just playing with that little bit of piss and vinegar, you know, that little hit on Suzuki at the end of the last game. Just, he's got that little, 
bit of mojo to him. And it's just, just so many little plays that he makes just along the boards, you know, just poke the puck free to create a two on one or something like that. Like he, it has been a revelation to see him play this way. And I honestly think if, uh, if, if Johnny Toronto comes back at some point in this playoffs, I think you got to look at keeping Kerfoot on that line with, with uh, him and Willie. We've, we've seen that line perform in the past last year. They had a bit of a rough start this year, but it was due to, you know, like their expected goals and everything was good. They just weren't finishing. So Kerfoot, he's solidifying himself in that top six, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that, um, like Kerfoot, Nylander and Tavares has had, you know, some success in the past. So I have no problem with that. And especially if he keeps up the play and then, you know, you move Nick Felino down a little bit better defensively than a Wayne Simmons, who's, you know, not terribly defensively and has performed really well in that line, but a line of Mikheyev, uh, Felino and, um, Angval, like that's a shut down line. Like, like that, that line should be a complete fast forward button. And who knows the way Mikheyev and Angval have, you know, chipped in lately. It could even chip in some offense, but that's elite as it gets as a shutdown line. And then you have that fourth line, which isn't maybe the strongest, but with the way Wayne Simmons has played, you know, the, the Greybeards chipping in a couple goals tonight. So, you know, who knows what happens, but yeah, it's a lot of speculation. And, you know, Kerfoot has to keep up his good play. But at this point, man, like he might be, you know, that kind of unsung hero of the playoffs so far. Couldn't agree more. He is just, he has stepped up. The other potential unsung hero has to be Pierre Engvall because again, you mentioned it. That third line was excellent. They, they were above 70% expected goals and you could just see it. They are relentless on the forecheck. They're so fast and they've, I feel like they've, they've given Simmons a drink out of the fountain of youth because he looks amazing too. And he's, he's our protector. He's, he's just, just such a lovable third line right now. Yeah, that speed and length of McKayev and Kerfoot just must be so annoying to deal with as a, as a defender or as a Montreal forward that comes deep to try and break out the zone or even defensively in their own zone. Man, like those guys just must be a handful. And then you have that just piss and vinegar of Wayne Simmons out there trying to hit everything that moves. He's yapping his mouth the whole time. It's clear Montreal doesn't like him and he's undoubtedly under their skin a bit. So I really, really like that third line. I didn't think it would be as good as it was, obviously, but they're really taking advantage of Montreal's bottom six. And in, in our kind of playoff preview, that was one of the things where we said like this Montreal bottom six is, is vulnerable. And if our bottom six can take advantage of it, it really bodes well in the series. And you can see that like aside from game two, the Matthews Marner Hyman line, they haven't really produced a whole lot. And you see the, the second line stepping up. William Nylander playing out of his mind, especially without that uh, rock of a center that he normally has with him. And third line stepping up too. The Greybeards stepping up tonight. Like The Leafs are winning the Series 3-1, completely outplaying the Montreal Canadiens. And let's be honest, their first line hasn't really shown up that much. No, they, again, they controlled the possession when they were on the ice tonight. They controlled expected goals, but there, there wasn't that finishing touch. And like, if you would have told me we, we'd have zero points from that first line tonight, I would have said, okay, going back to Toronto 2-2, but no, actually, I, I would have said, okay, maybe we won one nothing or something because Montreal would still have to score in that scenario. And that's not always a sure thing. So you're right though. That line, they haven't had the finishing touch, but. This was the first game where, to me, they really didn't look that dangerous either. They had a couple chances here and there, but nothing too crazy. I know last game, Marner set up Riley for that huge goal. And then, you know, Price made some great saves on Matthews and Marner both. They both kind of had chances that just went by the wayside. But tonight, you're right. They didn't really, they didn't really bring too many creative opportunities. 
Yeah, like game two, Austin Matthews dominated that game, almost single-handedly won it. Like He was fantastic in that game. His live mates along with him were pretty good. Uh, last night, they weren't bad. Like I'm not saying that this first line has been bad by any means. They've still been a pretty good line, but this is probably the only line on the, on the Leafs where you can't say that, Oh, they had good expected goals. They got a couple chances. They played pretty good defensively and that's okay. Like this line needs to produce at a point a game each almost in the entire playoffs. Maybe Zach Hyman being a little bit of an exception there, but like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner need to actually put points on the board, goals in the net. They haven't really done so. It's, you know, something to definitely look forward to. I'm not really worried about it because, you know, the process is there. They're just not getting results. So eventually you hope that that will change. Um, but I mean, there's no need to be, to be really negative about them at this point. It's just one of those things that I've noticed that the, the Leafs are winning, winning the series. First line hasn't been, you know, that great. You're not going to keep that first line quiet for, you know, an entire playoff run. And if they start clicking together with the rest of the team, Again, like we said, with how good Jack Campbell's been, like this team's not an easy out. Imagine if you were told before this series that John Tavares would play 10 minutes and Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner would both have three points after four games. I would have said, I would have been like, I, I pray we are at 2-2, but no. We are up 3-1 and those guys haven't even done what we absolutely know they're capable of. So if these bottom six guys can keep playing the way that they are and and the like... Like you said, there is no concern on my end that this Matthews line can't deliver. We've seen them do it time and time again. We know they will. It's only a matter of time. So time is running thin for the Montreal Canadiens. Let's be serious about that. I mean, they gotta be, they gotta be so just defeated. They had that game one and, and they won it. Like they gotta be feeling pretty good about that. Like they shouldn't because they're a bunch of scumbags. But anyways, like you come out that with a bit of a moral victory and, then you go to game two and you just absolutely get the living shit kicked out of it. And you're like, ah, like not our best game. You go into we got game the split. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're honestly, if you're Montreal, you're taking that split every day of the week. Um, and then you go into uh, last night's game and like, it's not a great game. It's two one and Montreal, like that's probably the type of game that Montreal needs because they don't score very many goals and they don't get the win. So then it's just deflating. And then they come out tonight and just get absolutely destroyed by the Leafs. Like, none of their big players showed up. Gallagher was brutal. Josh Anderson was horrendous. Shea Weber. Hey, hey, but Josh Anderson said that that they were going to come out hungry tonight. He said, you're going to see a very hungry team. Yeah, Josh Anderson came out hungry with us. 14% expected goals on the evening. (laughs) Eat up, Josh Anderson. Have a, have a big old bowl of seconds, buddy. Cause boy, were you looking hungry tonight? Like, I mean, and we say it all the time. Josh Anderson, prime Lindros or a house league plager. And honestly, I, I I played a lot of house league in my day. I I probably could have taken Josh Anderson tonight. Like that was pathetic from him. Yeah, he has been an absolute waste of space. And I, I do want to make, have another joke at the Habs expense here. I've seen, Multiple people, uh, Pierre Lebrun was one of them. And then just some Habs fans on Twitter and stuff saying that the Habs haven't been the same since the loss of Jake Evans. Like, are you really trying to compare losing Jake Evans to losing John Tavares? Don't, don't give me any of that. Don't, don't give me one second of that. Jake Evans, is he a good fourth liner? Absolutely. Is he going to help your team score more than four goals in four games? Probably not. He's not going to turn you into an offensive wagon. 
I, I saw it tonight in the broadcast. The injury excuses are just starting to creep up for the Montreal Canadiens and the media members. Um, like Craig Simpson and them talked about, oh, Brendan Gallagher with this hand injury. So they, they start throwing that narrative at it a little bit. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, L- Lakenin or whatever isn't, isn't playing today. You hear that? Oh, that's a huge effect on the Habs. Jake Evans, I'm pretty sure Pierre Lebrun called him the Habs third best player. On the season. Second Jake- best forward, he said. So, yeah. whichever forwards he thinks are third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, they, they probably do not like Pierre Lebrun right now because <laughs> if Jake, if Jake Evans is one of your seven best forwards, you are in a lot of trouble, which actually the Habs are. So maybe he is. I mean, real talk, Jake Evans doesn't even crack the Leafs lineup. So if that, if that guy's making that much of an impact in your team, I, I'm, let's just throw it back to when all these mainstream media guys gave Bergeron the GM of the year this summer and called it the best summer possible. And then revert, like, or fast forward to here where they're calling Jake Evans being out the game changing thing for the Montreal Canadiens. Like, maybe that GM sucks, man. Like, stop doubling down on your shit. Like, this is a bad team. If Jake Evans makes that much of an impact, which first of all, they're over exaggerating that. But second of all, like this team shouldn't be that bad because of fourth liners out and they are this bad. So, I mean, you, you got to point the fingers at something. And uh, yeah, it's probably the way the team's built and the horrendous yeah, I, decision I, to fire the coach midseason. But <laughs> that might take up too much time. Horrible, horrible decision to fire it. Like Dominique Ducharme, honestly, he he's arguably the Leafs MVP right now. He's, like he continues to play John Merrill, who is absolutely abominable, cannot move the puck to save his life. Had him and Kulak and they had an expected goals of eight percent. And Dominique Ducharme just says he, he in the in the media the other day said, "I just know what I'm going to get with with John Merrill." Well, guess what? So do I, and that is a big stinky steaming pile of garbage. So, thank you, P- Mark Bergevin. Uh, you doubled down on your GM of the year hopes by by firing your actual good coach and hiring Dominique Ducharme. He was supposed to fix the power play, which their power play still hasn't scored yet. And their penalty kill is pretty terrible too, because the Leafs have three power play goals. And that's, I'm pretty sure more than they got in the last two months before that. So take a bow, Mark Bergevin, take a bow. Everybody who said before the season, the Habs were going to finish first in the division. And then when it became clear, they weren't going to do that said, well, they're built for the playoffs. Well, I hope, I hope they're built for game five or six or seven or something because time's running out on those kids. So after that trio of goals by the Leafs in the second period, it was pretty much smooth sailing, smooth sailing from there. And they were able to take that lead into the third, not nearly, you know, the, uh, the intensity on the butt cheek clenchometer tonight. Very, very smooth sailing. And then Alex Galchenyuk was able to, uh, put one home in the empty net, which prompted this glorious tweet from at Nick D'Souza on Twitter. He said, the Habs really needed one of their former top draft picks to score in the third and Galchenyuk answered the call. So. Just a great way to wrap the game up. A point, a goal, and two assists for Galchenyuk. Really just putting that salt in the Montreal wounds, and you love to see it. So with that said, we'll move on to the stars of the game, and there's just so many guys to pick from tonight, Lebda, that you probably won't even steal my guy. You can go first. Well, I'm not going to lie tonight, Sats. I'm uh, I'm in a bit of an interesting man with some interesting tastes, and uh, I got a little bit of a Kerfoot fetish tonight going Woo! So I think I'm going to give old Alex Kerfoot. I mean, he, he's been so good this entire series. Maybe he, you know, he didn't put up or score the goals that like a William Nylander or Alex Galchenyuk did, but he's been so solid. He stepped up in that John Tavares role. I think it's fine that he just gets that, you know, recognition on paper on this podcast. And I mean, 
hey, if he's going to keep playing like that and setting up Willie Styles and that Alex Galchenyuk line and they can keep rolling, I mean, it's hard not to, you know, show him the respect he deserves on a podcast. I could not agree more. We have sung his praises repeatedly over the last week. He has been excellent. It's been so great to see, and it's been an absolutely vital addition to this Leafs team. And luckily, you didn't steal my guy. There there are many guys to choose from, and maybe he's not the most deserving, but I got to give it to everyone's favorite massive jumbo hot dog, Joe Thornton. Jumbo hot dog, He came in. He had been having a tough go. The second night of a back-to-back, you think, you know... These old guys, I don't know if they can do it tonight. I don't know if they're going to be good. I might I might want to sit them out, but Jumbo said, get off my lawn. He took that puck in his own end in the third period, skated through the neutral zone on the power play like he was William Nylander, lays the drop pass to Kerfoot, Kerfoot to Spezza, and Spezza to Thornton, who finished at home. Was it on purpose? I'm not even really sure, but I don't care. Joe Thornton, star of the night, let's go. I was talking to my dad, or in the first period, sir, I was talking to my dad, and I was like, you know, these old guys, like, maybe we shouldn't have started them. They're they're looking a little slow, to be honest. And then all of a sudden that second period happens, and I was yelling at my TV. I've never said anything bad about Spencer Thornton in my life. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And what, what a game from the old men tonight. You know, given a gray beard like Joe Thornton, our star of the game, it's just, it's just a special feeling over here at the Buds All Day podcast. And what did we say, Lebda? We said coming into this, we said – these old guys, although their numbers might not be the greatest, they are going to come through in some critical moments, and they they sure did today. Two points for Spezza. Just an excellent all-around performance from the Gray Beards, and it's it's got me happy. And you know the mood in the room has been great because of those guys. That's probably why they've been able to play so well after an injury to their captain, after losing game one. They haven't looked flustered at all in these playoffs, and Boy, oh boy, am I excited to see what the rest of these playoffs hold. Well, that about wraps things up here for the Buds All Day podcast. Now, if you guys did enjoy this, please remember, share it with your friends, uh, retweet stuff on Twitter, stuff like that. We're trying to just grow this community. This playoffs is such a fun time for for us here. We enjoy making these podcasts. That The more people that can see them, more people we interact with, the better time we have, the better time the, you know, Leafs Twitter community has. So please, you know, if, if you do enjoy that, you know, give us give us a little shout out there. Um, if you do again, also enjoy the podcast. If you do want to leave a review on, uh, whatever platform you do, that would mean a lot to us. Follow us on Twitter at buds all day cast. Um, that's just the best way to know when new podcasts come out, new YouTube videos, anything that we're doing around there. Or if you just, you know, enjoy some pretty funny, uh, live tweets during the game, Sats Mundine over there does a pretty, pretty good job on there. So yeah, I mean, you got anything left to, uh, to say on the evening there, Sats? Leafs in 